0: Today we're going to look at at worry and and how God actually supplies our needs. I I want you to see why we should never have to worry, especially in a season like this. And then how do we connect with God who desperately wants to meet the needs that you and I have? I I want to give you three facts about the, the goodness of God. And before we do that, let me pray and then we will jump into this. God, we know that you're God. We know that you speak in all kinds of mediums. We know that today you can certainly speak in this medium. Thank you for the, the powerful words that Pastor Trent shared with us last Sunday. Thank you for his ability to point us in a direction that, that is fruitful and helpful in this season. May you continue to move us. We love you. We ask all this in your name. Amen. If you have your Bibles and and maybe you have a a piece of paper that you can just jot down, I'm going to go to a bunch of verses today just to remind us of why we need not to worry. So here we go. Let's talk about three facts about the goodness of God. These are three foundational, fundamental truths that we can base our life on. The very first one is that God is the source of everything that I need to live. The the point I want to make here is that if you're going to put your security in something, you need to put it in something that can't be taken from you. We can all lose our health. We can lose our job. We can even lose our good looks. Some of us already have, but that's beside the point. We can lose our family. We can lose our life. We need to put our security in something that can't be taken away from us. And that's our relationship with God. We started this service with Psalm 23, and I'd love for you to open your Bibles and head there. It's a great declaration that that David penned in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I will lack nothing. That's where God is saying to us, I will be your security in every area. Now, some of us, Have not grown up on a farm, some of us would not know what it's like to to interact with sheep. Sheep are not natural predators, they don't, they can't run, they're not fast, they don't have claws, they don't have teeth that really can hurt when they when they bite, they're not smart animals. They fall off cliffs, they get lost, they get stuck in places. They need a defender, they need a shepherd. What does a shepherd do? When God proclaims, the Lord is my shepherd, what does a shepherd do? A shepherd feeds, a shepherd leads, and a shepherd meets needs. Let me say that again. A shepherd feeds, a shepherd leads, and a shepherd meets needs. God says this, I will be your shepherd throughout. I will feed you, I will lead you, I will meet your needs. Sometimes you and I need protection or comfort or encouragement or even a little discipline. Or maybe we need direction. That's our God, the shepherd. Here's the second thing that God tells us that he will give us. God says there's nothing that I, God, cannot supply. Philippians 4.19 says this, these powerful words, And my God will meet all your needs according to to his riches, of his glory in Christ Jesus. God's goodness is not based on your goodness. You don't have to be good for God to be good to you. God is good to you because of what Jesus did on the cross. Here's the third thing, just a reminder for us. God doesn't want me worrying about anything. God says, you don't have to worry. I don't want you worrying. Philippians 4, 6, powerful words. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests, your asks to God. I love what Rick Warren said. He said this. You can either pray or you can panic. If you're not praying, you're panicking. You can worry or you can worship. Invite worship in the front door, and worry disappears. Invite worry in the front door, and worship goes out the back door. God says, I don't want you to worry about anything. Well, why? Why doesn't God want us to worry, especially in a season like this? I believe the truth that God wants to illuminate to us is just found in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 through 7. Jesus said to his disciples, here's five easy ways, five reasons why I don't want you to worry. Here's the very first one. Worry is unreasonable. In other words, it, it doesn't make sense. It's illogical. It's irrational. It's unreasonable. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Jesus proclaimed these powerful words. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink or about your body, what you're going to wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Well, here's why worry is unreasonable. We always worry about the wrong thing. We worry about little stuff like, how do I look? How do I appear? How do I sound? Who am I talking to? Am I late for this meeting? We worry about stuff that isn't going to matter in five years. It's all temporary. If we want to choose to worry, then, then let's worry about things that are eternal, not external. Don't worry about stuff that really doesn't matter tomorrow. Here's another reason why worry is unreasonable. Worrying about something you can't change is useless. If you can't change it, why are you worrying about it? To worry about something you can change is stupid. Worry doesn't change it at all. God says it's irrational because when we worry, we actually take control rather than letting God control. Worry is also irrational you maybe you've noticed this anytime you worry about something, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger in your mind. It's not logical, it's not, it's irrational. If you stop worrying about, maybe you start worrying about somebody criticized you, they said an unkind word to you. They said some kind of comment in this season that hurts your feeling. Your feelings and you worry about it. What did they mean? Let me be honest, they've probably already forgotten about it. They probably didn't mean it. It was just something that they said. If you keep going over worry in your mind, it just keeps getting bigger. The whole world hates me. Maybe you've proclaimed that. Worry is unreasonable. Worry is unnatural. Nature doesn't worry, it's unnatural. The only thing that worries are human beings... In their rebellion against God it's unnatural we weren't made to worry if you stayed in Matthew chapter 6 we're going to look at verse 26 Jesus says this look at the birds of the air they don't sow they don't reap they don't store away things in barns and yet your heavenly father he feeds them are you not not much more valuable than them then he says this in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 28 and 29. And you don't worry about your clothes. See how the, fla- the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor. They don't spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. I believe God is saying animals don't worry. Plants don't worry. Nothing in all of creation worries. The only thing that I've created that worries, that doubts me, that doesn't trust me, are human beings. He said, all of creation trusts my care except for humans. Well, some of you might might think this. I found myself this week saying this. Well, I was born a worrier. No, you weren't. Worry is learned. You learned it by watching other people worry. No baby, when they're born, worries. They learn to worry by watching other people worry. Now, the beauty is anything that is learned can be unlearned. Notice in verse 26 there in Matthew where it says, Your father sees what the birds. It says your father. You're in a different category. God created everything else, but he made you his child. God is not the the father of cows or ants or horses because they weren't made in God's image. You and I are distinctly different from all other plants and animals because we're made in the image of God, which gives us the capacity to trust him, to love him. Well, here's the third thing about worry. Jesus says worry is unhelpful. Well, what does he mean? Look back at at the Bible, Matthew chapter 6, verse 27. Jesus says this, Who of you, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Worry doesn't work. Who of you can change anything? God says you can't even add a single hour extra to your life. Worry is worthless. Worry can't change anything in your past. It's already done. Your past is past. So why worry about it? Worry can't control your future. No matter how much you think or plan or wish, you're not controlling the future by worrying about it. Proverbs 12, 25 says this, powerful words for us again. Anxiety, anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. Has worry ever weighed you down? Of course it has. You think about so many things, you're so worried that you begin to get discouraged, you get depressed, you start to get in despair. You see, God is telling us that our body is not made for worry. You weren't made to worry. Every time you swallow your worry, you say this, oh my aching back, I've got a headache, my stomach's upset. Because God's saying you weren't made to internalize worry, it's unnatural. People say this, I'm worried sick. Yes, you are. Worry wears you out way more than work. The Bible says this in Proverbs 13:40. A heart at peace gives life to the body. A heart at peace gives strength to the body. You want to be healthy? Stop worrying. Here's the fourth area. Worry is unnecessary. Why are you worrying about this? He says there's no need to worry because God's taking care of you. The Lord is your shepherd. He feeds you. He leads you. He meets your needs. Every time that you and I worry, it's like a warning that goes off in our mind where we say, I'm playing God. I'm acting like God. I'm thinking it all depends on me that I don't have a heavenly father who will lead me. Who will feed me, who will meet my needs. I don't need a shepherd. Matthew 6:30 says, if God cares so wonderfully, even for the flowers that are here today and then gone tomorrow, in other words, flowers are only going to bloom for a few days, then they're gone, but yours and my life last forever. If God Cares so wonderfully, even for the flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow. Won't he surely take care of you? God has assumed, God wants the responsibility for the needs in your life. He cares for you because you're valuable. You have value. You want to know how much you're valuable? Look at the cross. Jesus died on the cross, not because you're worth less or you're junk. No, Christ died on the cross because you're valuable. I'm your shepherd. Like the shepherd takes care of the defenseless sheep, when you need it, I'm there. What I'm finding in my life is that worry is a warning sign. It's like that yellow caution light that shows up in my car at this point. I've forgotten how good God is. I've forgotten the promises of God. God says it over and over and over. I will meet your needs. There is no need that you have that God will not meet if you trust him. We always get into trouble whenever we start doubting God's goodness. Whenever we start thinking, God's not going to take care of me. God doesn't really love me. God isn't a good God. If he's going to carry you to heaven, he'll carry everything else here on this earth. And then the fifth area, worry is unbelief. Worry is doubting God. God has promised to take care of all your needs over and over and over. Philippians 4.19, I love this in the Message and the Living Bible. It says this, you can be sure that means certain it's not a wish it's not a hope you can be sure that God will take care of God's going to take care of everything what's not included in everything nothing everything you need because of what God has done for you will be given to you again let me say this I said it earlier God is good to you not because you're good God is good to everyone. He is good to even bad people in this world. They get the same life. They get the same oxygen. They get the same blood. They get the same food. They get the sunshine. Look at this verse in Matthew chapter 6. We've spent a lot of time in Matthew chapter 6. Verse 32 says, People who don't know God and the way he works, they worry about all these things. The starting point for us is is a humble attitude. You've heard me say this numerous times, God is God and I'm not. When I understand that, all of a sudden, all the worry starts draining out of my life. Let's be honest here. Many of us start to act like we don't have a Heavenly Father who has our best interests in mind. Let me tell you, there's 3,000 promises in the Bible to take care of our needs. You know, there's this beautiful phrase that we read earlier in Matthew chapter 6, verse 8. Your Father knows you need them. If you and I claim to be a follower of Jesus and we're worried all the time, it's really like we are a bad witness, a lousy witness to the world. It's saying, I'm just like you. I don't have a God who takes care of my needs. Do you think ever that God's worried? No, God made you in his image. He doesn't want us to worry. That's why in John chapter 14, 1, God says this. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe in me. How do I trust God, Matt, in this this season that we find ourselves in? I believe it's so important that if we don't, we're reflecting to the world that we're in crisis too. We're in nervousness too. Let me get practical for us. I know some of you are going, I want to move beyond worry, Matt. Here's some practical steps for us. I want you to try this with me this week. Every day, I want you to ask God to be your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. If I ask him to be my shepherd, then he's going to feed me. He's going to lead me. He's going to meet my every need. By the way, God's not just going to feed you or lead you or meet your need. He also will forgive some mistakes that you're going to make. I'd encourage you to do this every morning when you get up. When you sit on the side of your bed, as you check your cell phone, I'd, I'd encourage you to do this. The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus, I'm expecting you to feed me, to lead me, to meet my needs. God, help me succeed. God, forgive me where I've messed up. I'm going to trust you today. Every time that you and I start to worry, we need to proclaim those words out loud. The Lord is my shepherd. God, I'm asking you to feed me, to lead me, to meet my needs. I'm going to claim that promise that, God, you're going to take care of my needs if If I trust you, in John chapter 10, verse 14 and 15, Jesus says this, I am the good shepherd. I need to proclaim that. I'm in it. God says, I'm the Lord. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep. They know me. I lay down my life for my sheep. That's why Jesus went to the cross. If he loved you enough to die for you, he certainly loves you enough to feed you, to lead you, to meet your needs. Every day, we need to pray the prayer that David proclaimed in Psalm 28, verse 9. Come, Lord, save us, bless us, be our shepherd, and always carry us in your arms. That verse reminded me of when I was... uh, A parent with Maris and McCully. We maybe would go on an outing, maybe we spent the day at Disneyland. And their little legs at the end of the day couldn't carry them any farther. They were so tired, they just simply asked, Dad, can you carry me? You know what? That's what happens during the week sometimes. Sometimes you and I go, God, I'm tired, I'm pooped out, I'm worn out. God, I can't keep walking. I need you to carry me right now. God, take me home. God says, I'm your shepherd. I'll take care of you. I'll bless you. I'll lead you. I'll protect you. I'll save you. I'll guide you. I'll carry you home. Every day we need to proclaim that God is my shepherd. The second one, God needs us to to put him first place in every area of our life. The Bible says this back in Matthew chapter 6. Your heavenly father, verse 31, your heavenly father already knows perfectly well what you need. God already knows. God doesn't say, oops. God knows your needs better than you do. You've got needs that you don't even know about, and God already has taken care of those. God allows needs in your life and my life simply so that he can show up. You get a need, you ask God to meet that need, you cry out, God meets that need. And then you just keep repeating that. That's how you learn to trust God. If you didn't have needs, then you certainly would not need God. Anytime you you worry, remember that warning light in your car. That just shows you that you haven't given, given God first place in your life. Every time you worry, you simply go, oh, that's an area where God is not number one in my life. When you make Jesus Christ number one in every single area of your life, it really simplifies how you live your life. Now, as long as you love anything else in your life more than God, that area is going to be a concern for you. So you need to give God first place in your life. The third one and and this is where i find myself this week we need to just relax and in relaxing we need to pray god wants us to relax he wants us to give him our worries in prayer you say jesus just take these things i'm worried about and then you hand them over to him first peter 5 7 says cast all your anxiety all your concerns all your worries on him because he cares for you. Don't repress it. Don't don't suppress it. Express it to God. Confess it to God. God, here's my list of worries. For some of you, this is what you need to picture in your mind when you worry. If we try to push down worries in our life, it's going to get us really sick. It's like taking a can of Coke, shaking it up really violently, and then putting it in the freezer. What's going to happen to that can of Coke? It's going to explode, It's going to expand. It's going to come out sideways in a broken relationship, an explosion at work in all other areas, when we take on so much worry, that's the same result as a coca can, as a can of coke. Now the Bible says this, and we looked at this verse earlier, it's Philippians four: six through seven. Don't worry about anything. Instead, Pray about everything. Tell God our needs. Give it to God. And thank him for all that he's done for you. In this, you'll experience God's peace or the peace that passes all understanding. What is this peace that passes all understanding? It's when you're at peace. It's when you have no logical or rational reason to be at peace. I just lost my job. Somehow I'm at peace about it. Why? Because God's my shepherd. You just got the dreaded word and report from the doctor, it's cancer. But for some reason, you've got peace about it. Because I'm reminded that the Lord is my shepherd. He feeds me. He leads me. He meets my needs. That's the peace of of understanding. That's the, the peace that surpasses all understanding. And that's our witness to the world, especially in this season that we find ourselves in. I want my neighbors, people who interact with me to go, man, I want to be like that guy. I want to be like that woman. She's at peace in the middle of chaos. Every day I start the day and throughout the day I say, the Lord is my shepherd. I ask you to be my shepherd. Then I work hard to have God be first place in my life. Not in just one area, but in every area. And Then I relax and I pray. I don't hold on to it. I don't think I've got to solve it later. I just keep loading them on the Father. He can handle it. Then I trust him for one day at a time. This is huge for some of us I know that are watching. Matthew 6, 34 says this. Don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You don't need to borrow trouble. You don't need to save trouble for tomorrow. I'm going to give you enough grace for today, Jesus says. I'm going to give you enough grace so that you don't need to worry about tomorrow. You don't need to worry about the future until you successfully learn how to manage today. Here's something that is incredibly true for us in this season. When we worry about tomorrow's problems, we miss all the blessings today. The other reason that I can't solve tomorrow's problems is because I only have today's power. When we get there tomorrow, God will give us the power, the perspective, the grace, and the wisdom. The Bible does not say this, Give us this day our weekly bread. No, we're supposed to pray, God, today give me my daily bread. God, give me enough strength to make it through today. God wants you to depend on him one day at a time. Now, it's okay to plan for tomorrow. It's okay to plan for the future. Just don't worry about the future. If God gave you all the future in, at one time, it would overwhelm all of us. You're not ready for it. God gives it to you in 24-hour increments. Think of your life like an hourglass. Get a mental image of an hourglass where the, the sand goes through the hourglass. There's all the sand way up here, and it slowly goes down to the bottom. That's what God does for us. He just gives us one grain of sand every so often so that we can handle it. If it all came crushing down, there's no way we could handle it. Matthew 6, 34, let me read it out of the message translation. It says this, give your attention to what God is doing right now. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, right now. Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come your way when the time comes. Well, let me finish this up. What God gives to you He wants to give through you to others. What God gives to you, he wants to use you to give to others. In other words, everything God gives to you, you need to share it. The Lord is my shepherd. When he meets my needs, God wants you to meet others' needs. The fact is, I don't know if many of us have realized this, but God is constantly testing. He's testing how much trust we have in in him. Every day of your life, your faith, your trust is being tested by God. He's going to see, are you going to trust me? He does it many, many ways. I thought this would be a great verse to leave with you. It's a little passage of scripture found in Isaiah 58, verses 7 through 11. In this passage, God makes some amazing, some astounding promises as our shepherd. God says, if you do these things... I'll make sure all your needs are met. Isaiah 58 verse 7. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not turn away from your own flesh and blood? That sounds a lot what Pastor Trent was calling us to last week. Then your light will break forth like the dawn. Your healing will come, will quickly appear. Your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. There's guard. That's where the promises start. Verse 9, then you will call, and God will answer. That's the promise. You will cry for help, and he will say, I am here, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing figure and malicious talk, And if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then light, sunlight will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will always guide you. He will satisfy your needs in a scorched land. He will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Powerful. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the reminder that worry is not of you. That you are in control. God, may we proclaim those simple words that the Lord is my shepherd. God will lead me. He will guide me. He will meet my needs. We love you. If I said anything that wasn't of you, May you take it from my friends' minds. If you used me in a small way to encourage my friends, make it about the Holy Spirit that prompts, guides, and leads. We love you. We ask all this in your name. Amen. All right, church. We're going to have Brett and Danielle lead us out after I I pray for us. It's really easy for us to hear a message like that and just simply go, okay, uh, I get it, Matt, but I'm still scared. I want to encourage you, if you are still feeling scared, that from your lips needs to come, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And then you need to call out to community. And that might mean that you need to phone into the church office. That might mean you need to text someone that is close to you. That might mean you need to FaceTime with someone. Because... God gives us his ability to lead us, to to be the shepherd for us, but more importantly, God gives us community that can lift us up. I'm reminded of times in scripture where we see community lifting each other up. Let me pray and then we'll, we'll end this service in worship. We look forward to seeing you next week, to interacting with you throughout this week. Let's pray. God, may you be the... The one who gives us more than what we could ever imagine. We don't call out in this season for earthly things. Our minds don't want a new car or a new stove or a vacation. Our mind calls out, we just need somebody to lead us. It seems like we're walking in darkness where every day something new changes. We just need you to be our shepherd, to be our lighthouse. God, may this week we proclaim as a collective body, the Lord is my shepherd. Lord, we love you. We ask you to meet us where where we're at. We ask all this in your name. Amen.